right, everybody, you've just tuned in to the Steel City Blitz Steelers podcast presented by 26shirts.com slash Pittsburgh. And we come to you on this Thanksgiving week, fresh off of a Steelers victory on the road in Cincinnati, which, of course, is really nothing new. I think we've won there now nine years in a row. Um, But what is new is the guy that will be the starting quarterback for the Steelers on Sunday when they host the Cleveland Browns, and that'll be one Mr. Devlin Duck Hodges. I almost grabbed my duck calls today. Uh, I had to get up in the attic to get them. I haven't haven't duck hunted in a few years, but but I figured that would scare many of the listeners and not to mention probably have riled up my dogs, and then we would have had a really bad start to the show. So we'll just leave it at that. Uh, Joining me on this episode uh, are uh, Ian and uh, Ben. And uh, Ian, great to have you back on the show. It's been uh, a busy fall. You've been doing just an amazing job with the uh, Whippeal stuff, and now that season is over. So glad to have you back. Hope things are well there in the Steel City. They are. It's it's an exciting time. I mean, got a new starting quarterback you know the most popular guy in pittsburgh is always the backup quarterback so um this throws me back to my younger days when you know everyone wanted to bench whoever was the starter whether it was (laughs) bobby brister or neil o'donnell or cordell stewart or jim miller and mike mike tomzak and bring in the other guy he's got to be better right well Tomlin, uh, you know, saw his team needed a spark and say what you will about uh, Mike Tomlin, but he he made a move that worked and got us the victory. Yeah, you know, he did. And, and we'll we'll definitely get into that uh, here in the next couple minutes. Uh, also joining us tonight uh, is Mr. Ben Anderson. And uh, Ben, uh, how are you on this fine, fine evening? I'm just fine. I just got home from the gym. So. Oh, good for you. Right. Uh, Got that uh, endorphins pumping, little adrenaline going. Uh, I'm sure you sure. took a moment to, you know, take some steroids, a uh, few few other things like that. I'll skip uh, that, but yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. All right. Oh, well, you know, in our age, you know, whatever whatever you can do uh, to help. But uh, uh, let's let's just jump right into it, guys. Uh, Tomlin made it official today when he said that uh, Duck, and I, I love that he calls him Duck. I find it hilarious. Don't know why, but it is. Uh, that Duck uh, Hodges will start on Sunday against uh, the Cleveland Browns. Um, Ian, before we get into that decision, uh, take yourself back to Sunday. Uh, what were you thinking uh, there in the second half with the Steelers losing 7-3 to three and seemingly going nowhere? Did, did you feel that it was coming? Did you, did you just know it, or were you surprised? I was surprised, actually. I mean, you know, it's something that people on Twitter always talk about, you know, especially this season. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, anytime Rudolph does anything bad, it seems like people have been calling for Hodges, especially after, you know, he came in and performed decently well this year after Rudolph got hurt in the first game against Mm -hmm. uh, the Ravens. And Mm -hmm. uh, I mean, for uh, consider it it is what it is, right? I mean, it's an undrafted free agent quarterback. Um, you know, your your standard of expectation has to, you know, it's not Ben Roethlisberger coming in nope, off the bench. Nope. You know, it's not a first round draft pick kind of guy. Um, so uh, I mean, Hodges acquitted himself decently well against Baltimore. He didn't lose the game against the Chargers. I mean, he didn't, you know, right. he didn't make any outstanding throws against the Chargers, but he also didn't, you know, do anything to lose them the game. And um, 
you know, but I was surprised. It, it seemed to me like they were kind of just rolling with Rudolph through the, the good and the bad, especially after last week in, in Cleveland that, mm-hmm. um, you know, there were plenty of opportunities after Rudolph threw any number of interceptions in that game that they could have, you know, some of those were horrible throws that, that they could yeah. have benched him for. Um, and after they went through the first half, I mean, we were only down seven to three. I actually, um, you know, was, was joking after, uh, you know, after, we kicked the field goal that we may have had mm-hmm. an insurmountable three, nothing lead in that game. So it just didn't <laughs> seem like uh, uh, Cincinnati could really do anything with it. And um, you know, they hit two big pass plays to Tyler Boyd uh, mm-hmm. that basically got them their only touchdown of the game. Um, but I mean, I, I was kind of coming into that game with the mindset that the defense was probably going to have to either score points or get a, a takeaway that set us up in the red zone for a touchdown, just because I didn't really have a whole lot of faith in our offense. Um, without Pouncey, without Juju, mm-hmm. without Connor, um, mm-hmm. you know, any number of things. And, um, and Rudolph was not good. I mean, to be, to be blunt about it, he deserved to be benched and Hodges made one good throw when he needed to, um, you know, he threw with timing and anticipation. He, yeah. hit, he hit guys on the run and it wasn't just that, that touchdown to Washington. I mean, it was the first pass he threw to Jalen Samuels out of the backfield. He hit him on the run, let him on the move. You know, he was, he was moving forward. He was able to get 10 yards in a first down. Um, there was another pass later in the game that he hit. I think it was Deontay Johnson on a slant route that, um, you know, pass was completed four or five yards down the field, wound up being about an 11-yard pass play just because he hit him on the run and um, in stride. And Johnson was able to, to you know, pick up extra yards after the catch. And that's something yeah. Rudolph's really struggled with is hitting guys on the run. Um, and I mean, he was even Rudolph's the last throw he made was just absolutely awful. I mean, it was a, you know, 12 yard comeback route and uh, just threw the ball in the dirt three yards in front of, I think it was Johnson he was trying to throw to, but um, I, I was surprised that Rudolph got yeah. benched, but the, you know, the results played out and it was, it was the right decision to make. Well, there's no question that the overwhelming difference to me was his ability to actually lead the receiver. And and it's something we've talked about on this podcast many, many times with Rudolph. He just does not do it uh, well enough at all. And, and so credit, credit to Hodges for, uh, for doing it and, and getting the team uh, uh, in, in positions to win the game and ultimately do that. I, for the record, I had the game predicted. I had 15, uh, I think I predicted 15-12 all field goals, uh, but so I, I was actually happy to see a few uh, few touchdowns uh, on the board. Um, ben, I, I know uh, you you certainly had to have been thinking that that you know how much longer can this go on? What was your feeling when they made the call to bring the duck uh, onto the field? I was kind of surprised. Um, you know, he's clearly not as talented as Rudolph. Okay. He's not, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, uh, the mm-hmm. thing that separates him, you know, my buddy sitting next to me and he goes, Steelers fan love Steelers fans love, uh, Hodges because he makes mistakes and he makes them frequently, but when he makes mistakes, he does it at full speed. It, and you does. see Mason Rudolph sitting in the pocket, not moving, not avoiding the rush, not having any sense that it's close to him. Uh, not aware of the fact that there's a six eight man, you know, with an arm's length of him and trying to throw the ball over him, Carlos Dunlap. Uh, mm-hmm. That that first pick, I'm sorry, that was a horrible pick. I mean, you you got to move. It was the right decision to try and throw the ball to Washington. He was running to the back of the end zone by himself, so the decision was good. The execution right. was crap, and that seems to be the thing that's been that's plagued Rudolph's play all year long. And and the way that his performance has been trending. 
just going back, people keep saying, well, it's ever since he took that hit versus Baltimore, he's never been the same. No, that's that's no. Yeah, that's uh, not true. Yeah. No. After the after the Baltimore game, he came back versus the Dolphins and he played, you know, pretty okay. He did. Horrible to start, but played yeah, very well to start, after. But yep. Yep. but the next three quarters he was great. Then he played a little bit better versus Indy. And then versus the Rams, I thought he really took a step. I thought I was like, okay, this guy's actually learning now. He's developing and he's growing as a player. And I'm I'm optimistic now. If he can just maintain this trajectory, you know, maybe by the end of the mm-hmm. year we'll have a competent quarterback. But then against the Browns, he came out and he absolutely stunk it up. Just yeah. terrible throws. Terrible decisions, terrible throws, bad timing, obviously frustrated. They were getting to you know, not just physically getting to him, but they were getting to him emotionally and mentally and, and screw him with his game. And then, yeah, again, this week, you know, he's got a nice 10 day break. They get a little mini buy, so to speak, after right, the Thursday right. game comes back, does the same thing. And yeah, I, I think Tomlin had just seen enough. He was just like, you know, Hodges is not, Hodges is not a good backup. I'm I'm sorry, guys. He's not. I, I, I know that Ian tried to spread sunshine all over his performance. The guy was 5 of 11, okay? Yeah. He had one long throw, but the most of it, most of the yards in that throw were, were after the 79-yarder. Yep. Yes. Yep. Okay. That's true, but it's um, also more than uh, Mason Rudolph had. So, I mean, you know, it's I'm not trying to spread sunshine on it. I'm just saying. No, you know, no. What I'm saying season, is if you take away that throw, he was 4 of 10, and that's that's a shitty day. Okay. Yeah. He's not a good quarterback. He's not a good backup. Um, he's not that talented. And I think we need to temper our expectations about this and hope that he can just manage the game well enough not to lose. And if Randy Fickner comes out again and tries to run a bunch of bunch formations, a lot of bunch formations, sorry for the redundancy there, mm-hmm. and we're running against, we're run, trying to run the ball against nine-man boxes again because the alignment of the defense is such that it's on a par, you know, it's it's versus exactly mirroring the offensive formation. We're not going to win that game. So Randy's got to pull his head out, and we have to hope that Hodges makes a couple of plays here and there. And that could really could be the difference. I mean, the, the first game versus the Browns, I mean, obviously Mason's multiple picks. Mm-hmm, you throw four mm-hmm. picks, you basically give the team, the, the other team, the game. But – I mean, what did Baker Mayfield make? Three or four plays the whole game? Well, I yeah. Mean, that's Steelers it. Steelers were that, down seven in the fourth quarter. Yeah, that know? was the difference. That was the difference in the game right there. If Hodges can do that this time, they can come out with a W. Okay? And if he does that and they get a win, he'll get another start. And it's going to go that way for the rest of the year. And this guy's a practice squad quarterback. I mean, seriously. <laughs> He's a well, practice squad quarterback. Not only did he not make the Steelers team to start the season, nobody called him and said, hey, do you want to be on our team? All right? Yep. Yeah, no, it's true. It's I think we true. really need to temper our expectations and and just look at what he can and cannot do and hope for the best. Um, that was why I was a little surprised that, yeah. that he came in, but not overly because Mason was just so bad. And it it was obvious to me at that point that, they were in his head again and that he was expecting to screw up. And that was why Tomlin just stepped in and said, yeah, that's it. Have a seat. 
Well, yeah, you know, and 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 I know Ian wants to to talk, you know, a little Browns defense here, and and but but I do want to ask, and you guys can keep this brief, and then we'll move on. But uh, Ian, why did it, I noticed it? The offense did get a spark when he came in. It, it there's no doubt in my mind there was a pep in the offense's step that was not there when Mason Rudolph was there. What what do you attribute that to? I think Ramon Foster said it pretty bluntly. Um, you know, I don't remember if it was exactly post game, but this week, uh, mm-hmm. you know, there was a quote from Foster that came out that basically said, you know, Duck comes in with the, you know, level of confidence and, you know, basically with the attitude of, you know, it only only takes one play to make you great. Let's go out and, you know, be great. And I mean, he's he, Duck basically at this point has nothing to lose, right? Like Ben right. said, he's essentially a practice true, road quarterback. True. He can go out there and and take some risks with the ball. If he screws up, everyone kind of expects him to screw up. Not that everyone expects him to screw up, but like, no, I know you know, what you mean. You know, what, yeah. the, the, the level of expectation is not very high for him. Um, you know, whereas Mason Rudolph being a, a high third round draft pick, a guy that the Steelers spoke a lot of glowing words about, mm-hmm. um, you know, even in today's press conference, Tomlin got asked, um, you know, why did you, what, what did you see in Duck that made you want to keep him around? And Tom was like, we didn't keep him around. We yeah. cut him. We just had, we had to bring him back because he was the only guy out there that actually knew our offense that we could bring in on a, on a short week. Um, you know, so it's, it's one of those things where, um, yeah. you know, people aren't expecting the world out of him. Um, so when he does something great, I think that does, you know, he has that kind of positivity. And I, I mean, even just listening to his postgame press conferences, you know, he's got that down to earth Southern mentality of like, you know, well, I went yeah. out there, I, I made a couple throws and we won the game. Like, you know, he's a, a kind of blunt speaker and, um, but he has that positive attitude. And like Ben was talking about that, I think, you know, the Bengals were in Mason's head and you know, that, that confidence could, or lack thereof can rub off yeah. on the offense as well. Yeah. 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 Ben, hey, ben, while, while we're talking about the Bengals, the, yeah. I know you want to get into the, the Browns defense, but while we're talking about the Bengals, I, I should have mentioned this before. I would be remiss if we did not recognize the Bengals and their generosity. The Steelers since Paul Brown stadium opened in 2000 <laughs> are, are 19 and three in Cincinnati. And I just want to thank Cincinnati for giving the Steelers an extra home game every year. I really appreciate it. Sometimes twice when we play playoff games there. So thank you. <laughs> really appreciate the hospitality. Thank you so much. And that it, it, home game because most of the crowd was Steelers fans. Though. Yeah. It, it, it's, it, you know, I, I, <laughs> I don't even know where to go with that because it's so true. Uh, I, I, I mean, it really has become Hinesfield West. Uh, it, it's, it's ridiculous. Just, I mean, it, I have friends who are like, wait, you went to the, the uh, was it last season or the year, season before went into the Cincinnati game in Pittsburgh. They're like, you went to a divisional game and you got tickets at face value. I'm like, yeah, how it's Cincinnati. They, yeah. they never win. Nobody wants to go to that game. Well, Nobody cares. I, I, I'm starting to realize why why Jazz, you know, friend of the show, Jazz and, and her fiance. I, I'm starting to uh, to realize why they live in Cincinnati because they're guaranteed at least one home Steelers game without having to travel every year. <laughs> <laughs> so it does make quite a bit of sense. Um, I, you know, this is yeah. Well, I I know uh, uh, Ian wants to get into the Browns defense here, so. So let's do that. You know, the the Browns, if I'm not mistaken, you know, against Rudy played a lot of uh, uh, cover two type stuff. And, um, it, you know, what what do you expect this week, Ian? 
Actually, it's mostly cover one, I think. Um, oh, really? I was thinking yeah. it was a lot of two. No, I think it was a lot more one. It, it's basically the same of the um, you know the Greg Williams defensive scheme where you've got ten guys you know up yeah. on the line of scrimmage essentially, and then one guy uh, you know in Dayton. Um, yep. Kind of. Yeah. Yes, you know, that makes sense. Yes. Uh, and, and that was a lot of what they did the first time, and they blitzed. Rudolph a decent bit they got pressure and sometimes it wasn't even blitzes but you know bringing three or four guys from the same side of the line to create mismatches and dropping off but Mm -hmm. when you start with 10 guys on the line of scrimmage you can bring guys from different spots and it's harder to read Um, and and I expect them to do the same thing against Hodges that they're gonna they're gonna bring pressure on them they're gonna play you know press man coverage on the outside with only one safety deep and basically force us to try and beat them down the field the one thing the Browns did do really well in the first game against us was cover our running backs out of the backfield that was kind of always Rudolph's um you know safety blanket was throwing to the running backs um and the Browns did a good job keying on that and um you know Hodges when he played against the Chargers I I have to keep tempering myself to not say San Diego because I keep wanting to say San Diego it's not yeah but uh when Hodges played against the Chargers he uh you know, he did throw a lot of passes to James Conner, and Conner had a lot of a lot of plays he made after the catch in that game to pick up first downs. And they're not going to have that this time, um, but they're they're going to have to throw the ball down the field this game, and you know, do something to to try and take the pressure off and, and push the second safeties back a little bit. Um, the Browns had another helmet to helmet head hunting penalty last week against uh, the Dolphins. I think yep. it was uh, Mac Wilson against Albert Wilson. Uh, Mac Wilson, the linebacker for the Browns, Albert right. Wilson, the wide receiver for the Dolphins. But it was a pretty clear headshot that he got fined for, so or uh, penalized for in the game. I don't know if fines haven't come. Oh, out yet, it'll be coming. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So it, it would not surprise me if the Browns were out there head hunting again. Um, but you know they're they're going to play press man. They're going to stack the box against the running game and basically try and try and force Hodges to beat us. Um, you know, like like Ben mentioned, there's going to be uh, throws he has to make to to win this game. But at the same time, like Ben mentioned earlier, that really if you know if the Steelers can get Mayfield on the ground, the big plays that the Browns had came when he was able to extend the play, mm-hmm. get out of get out of sacks and get out of the pocket and and make plays. But if they can get Mayfield on the ground, if they get those sacks instead of those turning into big throws. Um, we, we could have won that game in Cleveland or yeah. at least been a lot closer. Um, yeah. So, you know, it's it's very possible that, yeah. that we're, we have a shot to win this game. I, I, you know, I was reading some some interesting stuff on Cleveland home and away type stuff. And, uh, you know, they, they've had a nice little run there of home games similar to what we had. Uh, not too long ago in the season, and um, when when Baker Mayfield goes on the road, his sack totals go up, uh, his turnover totals go up, and um, surprisingly, they they have less penalties. They're the most penalized team in the league, but they have less on the road than they do at home, which I found a bit odd. But what are you going to do, um, Ben? What what are your thoughts attacking this Cleveland defense? Because uh, you know we only put seven points on the board the first time around, and you know we 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 can't keep relying on this defense to pitch a shutout every single week. So they, they got to score some points. I mean, what are, what are they going to do here on Sunday? They need to play ball control as much as they possibly can. Spread that yeah. defense out because Ian's right. They're going to try and put 10 guys, 10 guys up on the line. And, you know, so basically you don't want to try and bunch them and attack them right in the middle like yeah. we did last week. You want to spread them out 
and try and run misdirection. So you get them going the wrong way, and then you just gouge them from that. I mean, if they if they'll give you five yards at a pop mm-hmm. because they're going the wrong way against the play, again similar to to what they did versus the Chargers. Um, you know, it, it can work. It can work. But I can almost guarantee you that is the tape they are studying this week. They're looking at what we did versus the Chargers, Certainly. and they're going to try and counter it because that's really one, the only extensive action that that Hodges has had. And two, they know that the Steelers are going to have to rely upon the run game this week. And, you know, I don't know how healthy the Steelers are there. Mm-hmm. I guess we're going to see what happens. But uh, that's kind of what you have to do. And if you get a, a nice long pass here and there, fantastic. But you've got to establish the run and you've got to do that early via misdirection is is my feeling um Hodges is going to have a whole week to prepare but he did against the Chargers as well and yeah he was didn't exactly come out on fire so well so you you know you mentioned misdirection you know does that mean that you you kind of go back to something you know with Jalen Samuels or or do you, do you try to incorporate Kareth White a little bit more? Uh, I mean, he he was he touched the ball what six seven times and or he had seven snaps and he touched the ball six times, um, which was kind you, of interesting. So you run counters, you run plays where literally everybody's going one you know going to the mm-hmm, right side, mm-hmm. and the running backs coming across the back of the formation to the left, like they did with Samuels. Maybe you run some wildcat. I don't know. Um, I wouldn't run wildcat, but some of those little like pop yeah. passes to like Deontay yeah. Johnson coming across were, yeah. were pretty good plays that they, they had. They were nice. Yeah, um, I don't know about wildcat either. I you know if it kind of depends on where on the tempo of the game. Okay, if if, mm-hmm. if mm-hmm. you get something going on the Browns defense and you get them keyed up and they're over pursuing plays, then you absolutely run wildcat. You do, but you need to get them there first. So you don't necessarily make that part of the game plan. You just have it in your bag of tricks. Um, I agree with Ian though. I think it's going to be, it's going to be cover one all day. Yeah. What did they show cover two early in that game? And they were bringing the safety up. Is that why I was thinking cover two? I I don't, I mean, cover one makes more sense now that I think about it, but I don't know. Maybe maybe I got to go back and look at it. Um, the Bengals is, is, have always traditionally played a lot of cover too. Right, 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 right. Well, both have orange, so I'm old. Maybe yeah. I'm forgetful. And they're from Ohio and suck, so you know. Yeah, there see, you it's all adding up. Thank you. I needed an excuse. Um, Ian, is Randy Feekner? I mean, you guys have both said numerous times already in our first 15 minutes on the show here about spreading defenses out, but yet we say this every single week, and yet he continues to run bunch formations tight to the formation. He he runs heavy. Why is he not willing to spread it out more? What what is what are we not seeing that apparently he is seeing? <laughs> I, I, I know. I, yeah. Uh, I'm going to give a really cheap answer here. Um, well, I'm going to say that it's not necessarily what Feekner is capable of calling. It's what the quarterback is capable of running. Um, okay. And 
neither Rudolph nor Hodges have great arm strength, yet somehow they still seem to insist on throwing these five-yard <laughs> out patterns on third downs that they think are going to get completed but are never completed because they don't have the, the arm strength to get the ball out there on time. Um, but nevertheless, I mean, you, you know, they're – they're trying to run a lot of like curl routes, a couple crossing routes, but they're they're trying to give their quarterbacks easy throws to make. Mm-hmm. You know, with the guys facing towards them and their you know the, the hands in front of the face, and you know you see that. But you know, Rudolph's never thrown with anticipation. Rudolph's always waited for guys to be college open rather than NFL open. Yeah, um, Hodges, to his credit, has a little more anticipation in his throws than Rudolph does. I mean, he's not Roethlisberger. He's not going to throw before a guy comes out of a break. Right. Um, right. But uh, you, you know, it's it's one of those things where I think you know Feekner is somewhat limited in his game planning by what his quarterback is capable of doing. That being said, uh, his play calling has sucked. So okay. uh, <laughs> but, you know, I, I, I got to jump in here I, I real quickly. It, I couched it with one excuse, but the play calling has been yeah. terrible. Yeah. Limited, limited by what his quarterback can execute. But what has his quarterback actually executed well in the last couple of weeks? <laughs> I mean, even even versus the, the Rams, which, you know, arguably that's really Mason's best game this year. I mean, what did he execute well? I mean, you know. One single read yeah. throws, you know, where it was like, boom, this is where I'm going with the ball. That's what he did well. And and he was throwing against zone defense. And it was they were easy throws to make, honestly. They just, you know, it was like, okay. It was nice though that to see him immediately recognize what the defense was trying to do before the snap and then get rid of the ball right away. That was encouraging to me about that game. But uh most of the time since then he hasn't had the luxury of those easy throws. And part of that, yeah, is scheme. I mm-hmm. agree with mm-hmm. Ian. Mm-hmm. Uh, Finkner has not been good. I don't know what the hell he's seeing. Um, there are a lot of things he could do that would have helped Mason out, including spreading that, the, uh, the defense out. Exactly. Uh, the Browns ran a lot of stunts. I have not seen a team run zone dogs where you overload one side and a defensive end comes back and covers the flat in, I can't remember how long. And the Browns ran that. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, yeah, what? Yeah. But then brought well, a that, linebacker as the fourth man. I was like, what the, what, what is, is that? Is that a product of having a miles Garrett there though? I mean, uh, no, on the it other was side a of, Hey, we're going to attack these guys and we're going to be aggressive. And we know we got yeah. this quarterback. He's got, you know, I wouldn't say happy feet, but, um, He's definitely not comfortable in the pocket, you know, where conversely you've got Baker Mayfield who, while he's not necessarily comfortable in the Mm -hmm. pocket, he can escape it pretty easily. Right. And what the Steelers have got to do this week is keep him in the pocket. I don't necessarily want to see them pressure him hard, at least to the point he can escape. Yeah, not like he did. not yeah. to the point where he can escape. I I like the idea of inside pressure versus Mayfield getting in his face, hitting him, hitting him. Even if he, mm-hmm. you know, you don't necessarily get the sack, but hitting him, getting to his head a little bit. I love that idea, but I, keep you him know, in the I, pocket. Make him make it, him beat you from the pocket. That's when he's the least dangerous. 
Yeah, I, I mean, you know, j- just to go back to Feekner for a quick second, um, you know, I was, I was listening to uh, uh, NFL radio this week and, and uh, Paul Alexander, the retired offensive line coach who was around forever, was he brought up Ron Earhart, who both of you guys remember quite well from, from oh, the Steelers yeah. years. Oh, yeah, and, he threw a three-yard pass on third and seven. Uh, yeah, yeah, very much so. Um but but he was he was talking about you know what's Rudolph's problem and he and he and he mentioned Earhart in the sense of he he said guys get too caught up with trying to get pre snap reads you know and then quick post snap reads and trying to guess too much he he said you know you make your read your first read are there any other color jerseys there if there are you move to your second read and so on. And it was just kind of fascinating how, how, yeah, how he was trying to to simplify it. And I, I think what his point was is that Rudolph is just it, it, the processing just isn't there, and he's just overthinking some things sometimes. But again, if the play calling is not helping you either, and and I understand about getting guys in positions to make easier throws and stuff, but by God, spread the teams out once in a while and just run the ball. Just just see what happens. I mean, do it to do it. Uh, to to give it a look or whatever because it's just driving me insane. But uh, that's you know I new. I know this is cliche, it, yeah. but I do not when I look at Mason Rudolph, I do not see a guy whose recognition of what the defense is trying to do yeah. is outstanding. He can't read defenses at this level, and I don't know what the hell his problem is i could not begin to tell you maybe he's studying too hard tomlin says he prepares and prepares and prepares and prepares and he's tried to encourage him to relax a little bit and he won't Mm -hmm. um i don't know i i couldn't begin to tell you but he's not processing things very quickly uh he holds onto the ball too long as ian pointed out earlier he waits for players to be college open you're yeah. not going to get that many opportunities where receivers are college open in the NFL. It just doesn't happen. Um, no, it, you know, it, there, it there were, there were numerous instances, even on completions where if he had thrown the ball earlier or placed it better, he would have gotten long gains, but he just, I, I don't know if he's not thinking it through, if he doesn't recognize it, or if he's incapable of placing the ball correctly, or if he's forcing it, or if his mechanics suck, or if it's a combination of all those things, um, his footwork is terrible. It, it's regressed, and I and I think it's because of the mental side. I think, yeah, he's, he's, I, you know, th- that's think, my opinion. I think you're right. I I I tend to agree with you, but I, I just don't see a guy who's reading defenses very well. And you know, it, the the receivers, especially in particular, Deontay Johnson, just seems to have an, a knack for mm-hmm. okay, I'm going to send the DB that way, and I'm going to go this way. And Mason's late on recognizing it. And if he could just take advantage of that, I mean, Ben would be having a field day with that kid. Yeah. Great route runner. Yeah. He's, he's impressed. I mean, I, you know, it is kind of funny to think about what this team would look like with Roethlisberger. I think it's only natural to make that, you know, make that conclusion or draw that conclusion, but obviously we, we can't right now. Um, this week, of course, is uh, a rematch, Ian, of uh, a game two weeks ago in which uh, uh, really all the talk was about Mason Rudolph getting decked over the head by Miles Garrett. And, and as, as, it, as it is right now, uh, uh, Marquise Pouncey will not play, neither will Miles Garrett. 
Um, Mr. Ukunjobi, I believe his name is, he will play after sitting out last week. Uh, Do you expect there to be more fireworks in the stands than on the field, or do you think it's going to carry over into this game? Oh, that's a good question. Um, I'll be there on Sunday, so we can talk about it afterwards. Um, I'd love to hear the stories. Yeah. um, You know, it'll be interesting. Um, I don't really have a lot of stories about Browns fans, mostly because usually when they come to games, they're kind of, you know, just there and quiet and uh, (laughs) they they support their team, but they're not, you know, they're, they're not there to trash talk because usually they're coming into the stadium with like a two and 10 record or something. And, you know, there's, they don't have a lot to hang their hat on this. This game might be a little bit different. They're coming in, having beat us the first time this season. Um, You know, I, I could tell you stories about Raiders fans and Lions fans. Lions fans are dicks man it's crazy but yeah um bills fans there so there's you know there's plenty of opposing fans that have you know uh stirred things up but yeah um i i would think that for the most part you know tomlin's probably going to try and send a message to his team to keep it clean uh, we've got an official uh this week that's in his second year um, yeah. as an NFL referee he's never done a Steeler game before well, he's done Steeler games when he was an umpire but not as a uh, right not as first a head time referee. as a head official yep. yeah Clay um, Martin high school basketball coach in Oklahoma yes yes yep. um so we'll we'll see uh you know we'll, we'll see how it goes for him the NFL shifted this game out of a, a more primetime slot and into the one o'clock so there's other games on um, mm-hmm. But also, you know, Tomlin rolling with Duck this week also keeps Rudolph kind of out of that circus as well, potentially, you know, unless Duck gets hurt and Rudolph has to go back in or something right. like that. But um, never, nevertheless, um, you know, I, I, I mentioned earlier that I kind of expect the Browns to go head hunting on defense. That wouldn't shock me. Um, yeah, they've done it all and, season. Yeah. 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 That wasn't really anything new against the Steelers, but, uh, you know, they – there were some high-profile ones, obviously, with Juju and Deontay and then Rudolph. Um, mm-hmm. but And Rudolph multiple times in that game, too. I mean, Rudolph got hit in the head a few times, not just the last time by Garrett, but there were, yep. there were some other slaps. Well. Yeah. So, uh, you know, we'll, we'll see. Um, I'm not expecting a clean game. Like you mentioned, the Browns are one of the most penalized teams in the league or might be the most penalized team in the league. They are. So, yeah. yeah. So They're number um, one, and they lead the league in ejections. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Um, and, and Demarius Randall's going to play again, the, you know, the safety that got kicked out of the last game. So, um, it, it'll probably be a physical dirty game and probably remind you more of a, you know, kind of a mid two thousands Bengals game than anything else. Um, so we'll, we'll see how it goes. Ben, is it safe to assume that, that a young official making his first, uh, refereeing appearance in, in this type of game, uh, do, do you think he and the crew go to the flag pretty darn quickly on Sunday? I don't think it has anything to do with his age. I think they're going to be given instructions by the mm, NFL certainly to gain control of that game quickly and and basically to make it clear to the players and the coaches involved that if if there's anything approaching the kind of play we saw the last time that there's going to be a problem. Mm-hmm. Not only that there will be flags that they will be quick to eject players and that if for example, there is any head hunting that maybe, you know, they can expect not to get a warning just to be like, yep, 
you're out. That's it. You're out of here. So long. Yeah. I mean, uh, Greedy Williams got away with one. He should have been ejected. That second yep. hit to Juju's head. I I watched it later. I don't think Morgan Burnett. I don't think it was intentional. I mean, he he did hit Juju in the head. Yeah. And Juju was technically in a defenseless position, but I just I didn't see any malice there where with Greedy Williams, he had an opportunity to change direction and he didn't. Didn't do it. Yeah. He, he hit him high. I mean, it with intention. And that's I'm like, yeah, that guy should have gotten booted. So as we uh, close things out here on the uh, Steel City Blitz Steelers podcast, presented by our wonderful sponsor, 26shirts.com slash Pittsburgh. Um, you know, we haven't really talked much about the Steelers defense tonight, uh, Ian, but but obviously um, they are going to be very, very key to the success of of this team and have been to this point. Um, what are you, what are you looking for from them? We talked a little bit about dealing with Baker Mayfield. What about Nick Chubb, uh, Kareem Hunt, Odell Beckham Jr. And company? What, what do the Steelers need to do on Sunday? Yeah, actually, I thought in the first game they did a really good job against the Browns' running game. I mean, the Browns are starting to do some more things now, incorporating Kareem Hunt more. Um, mm-hmm. you know, they're they're doing some things where they have Chubb lined up in the backfield and Hunt in the slot, and then they bring Hunt in motion across the formation and run like jet sweeps to him, and or at least fake it to him, and then pitch it to yeah. Chubb or things like that. That, uh, but the the Steelers really have done a good job against opposing running games um, after the Seattle game. Um, you know, they they. Get Gave up some big plays against Seattle, but after that, they've really done a good job. Um, even the Ravens game, I mean, we held Lamar Jackson and that rushing attack in check for most of that game after the first couple drives. Better and than most teams have. Exactly, exactly. And, you know, we, we did a pretty good job against Cleveland the first time. I expect, you know, some more usage of Hunt because the first time we played them, I think, was his second game back after his it suspension. Yep. So it's one of those things where there's going to be some different wrinkles. But the big thing for the defense is getting Mayfield on the ground. You know, when you have a shot, at him you can't let him escape the sack you know ben talked about keeping him in the pocket which is absolutely true uh but we had chances to to Mm -hmm. get sacks that first time around and i think we only had one or two that game um tj watt had one that i can remember maybe two. yes um but you know you you got to get him on the ground when you get the chance you can't he's a slippery guy you can't let him escape and that's when he can make make plays and hurt you is is when he you know gets out of the pocket and escapes so it's not just keeping him in the pocket it's also getting him on the ground when you get the chance and then you know when he when he throws bad passes mm-hmm. which he'll do he'll he'll take yep. chances down the field yep. he's kind of got that Brett Favre gunslinger mentality you know You've got the guys on the back end with Minka and Hayden. Hayden's taken a lot more chances on balls this year. Um, you know, he's leading the team in passes defended. And I yeah. think that's sort of a comfort level of having Minka on the back end that he knows that he can take chances. And if he misses, there's a guy back there who can actually make a stop, unlike in previous <laughs> years where if if the cornerback missed, the, the guy was probably right. going to score a touchdown because there wasn't. We won't any, mention any names. Mike no. Mitchell. Um, no. But. <laughs> But, you yeah. know, and it's not necessarily, I mean, Mink has made most of the plays this year. It's not necessarily Minka that has to make the play, um, but he's always in position to make good plays. He sees the game really well. Um, and the Steelers did some things in that first game, too, with 
I'll say selective doubling of their receivers. You know, they, they doubled yeah. Jarvis Landry on third downs. They double Odell on early downs. So, um, you know, Odell had the one big catch against us the first time around, but that was pretty much all he did the rest of the game. Um, right. They don't throw to him a lot on third downs, which is weird. You would think if you had a guy like Odell Beckham, you would throw to him in big situations, but they're the Browns. They, 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 the Browns are the Browns, right? Yeah, they, they, you're right. They do seem to like Landry, and um, uh, I can't think of the other receiver real quick that they've used in that situation too but um ben what what are you looking for from the defense i know you've you've talked many times you know about uh, mayfield and and forcing him into uh not being able to get out too much but what what are you looking for on sunday from the d well they've got to stop chubb and they did an okay job with him i didn't think mm-hmm. they did a great job um the browns overall and we talked about this right after the game Browns overall average about three yards per carry. Okay. If you look yeah, at that number, yeah. it's like, yeah, that's great. Great. But there were some key plays where, where the defense allowed them to get long rushes that either put them in a position to convert a third down easily or let them convert a first down. And that is where they've got to get a little bit better. Um, Chubb had 2.4 yards per attempt after contact with a stealer. Mm-hmm. That's not great. Um, the Steelers did a pretty good job. They only gave him a yard on average yeah. before they made contact, but they've got to they've got to make those tackles at that point. They can't let him keep going. That's no, he, that's my my one absolutely concern. right. And Kareem Hunt's honestly, he didn't have as good a game as Chubb did, but he's even better at it. He's even better. He's got that incredible balance. He had some really nice runs against Miami this week. And I again I know a lot of people are saying, well, it's Miami, but it hey, is. he 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 bounced off people. He made people miss. Uh he he that's my concern this week. As much as Chubb worries me, uh Hunt does too, because he looks like he's starting to get uh his football feet under him, so to speak. Um so, you know, I, I, I expect this game to be, you know, close. I just I, you know, hope that we don't run into any uh, issues where flags are going to cost things, but you know, if guys are head hunting, then well, so be it. Flags are going to come out. But uh, Jalen Samuels case. didn't have many carries versus the Browns, but he actually no, had a pretty he did. nice, pretty nice uh, game yeah. versus them. He uh, he averaged two point six yards before contact with any Browns, and then another two point six yards after contact, which and is I, I mean, yeah. in the NFL, that's that's really good. And so, I, I think he's getting his legs too since he was gone for that period of time. He seems like he's getting it slowly but surely. I agree. Uh, yeah, I yeah. Agree. So um, I, I, I look for both of those guys, to, and obviously we want our guy to be successful and their guy not to. So <laughs> yeah, Steelers have just right. got to make tackles. They've just they've got to make tackles, and the and the two weak links, you know, in that category seem to be yeah. Edmonds and Barron, and and hopefully, you know, they're better this week because I don't know what the, I mean, and Mark Barron, why is he playing for Vince Williams? Can we see less of that? I, 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 yeah, well, that's a whole other thing for another show. Uh, Ian, enjoy the game. Take your duck call with you. We expect to hear that many times. Um, and yeah, uh, one final yeah. thought here. Uh, yeah, you know, make it quick. Steelers are, time. Yeah. The Steelers are currently in the sixth wild card spot, but in a, yep. a you know, in a, th- 
four-way tie with Indy, Tennessee, and Oakland. Um, Cleveland's only one game behind us right now. You know, if Cleveland beats us, they'd have the head-to-head tiebreaker with two yep. wins, both of us at six and six. But if we beat them, we can really kind of bury their playoff chances uh, this week. You know, we would, yep. we would move to seven and five. They'd be back to five and seven. We'd have a two-game lead on them, um, you know, plus an edge in the division. So uh, it's it's one of those things where, you know, Cleveland's kind of playing for their season here, and we have a shot to bury them on our home, home turf and uh, – you know, so but if they if we lose this game, it's going to be an uphill struggle. Yeah, yeah, nope, absolutely, uh, very well said, and we'll definitely have that and more in the uh, game preview coming up later in the week. So, uh, for Ian and Ben, this is Steel Dad, and I'm signing off from the Steel City Blitz Steelers podcast, presented by Twenty Six Shirts dot com slash Pittsburgh. And hey, go Steelers! <laughs>